Hi, this is Russ Benson. I am a Liverpool supporter, and you're listening to Drunkard United Football Show. Bless your little cotton socks. Brilliant. Uh, you know, I would I would say, uh, Mr. Benson, um, we don't need Jesus. Liverpool need Jesus. They need to pray to somebody for Damn what straight. what just happened was not not okay. Damn straight. It's basically the pent-up karma from the last two years coming back to bite him in the arch. I don't even know what... It's fucking crazy. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Drunkard United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the party time boy, Samuel Graham. God Sammy, right. how you doing there, killer? As as poor as these windows are in here, right. and letting in a draft, which you would wish they would because it's so goddamn hot. It's not um, that hot yet. Arsenal have had a fantastic window. Yes. Okay. It was a very good window. <laughs> fantastic very, window. Very, very good window. And I, that was one of the few that I actually had planned out ahead of time. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to call him the party time boy. Yeah, and I was going to save it for closing remarks, but I guess I'll do it here. Uh-huh. Um, set your alarms. Set your schedule. Next Tuesday morning, a week from t- uh, today, through the magic of radio, of course, uh-huh. Um the transfer special should be uh, in your ears. Heard, because Monday night, you're going to record it. Yeah. Get you all sauced up. Maybe have you come over early and pregame a little. Get you in the right frame of mind. Maybe. Um, uh, and then also be here early so I can sober up for a bit afterwards <laughs> to be able to get home. Yes. Uh, or sleep in your guest room, potentially. Exactly. Um, Is it my yeah. turn yet? No, not no, yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not settle yet. down. Not yet. So, settle down. Not, not, not that yet. Put put the <laughs> okay. rager put the rager back in your pants. Okay. 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 <laughs> We're recording at Studio H, just outside of nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Uh, thank you for everybody on Apple Podcasts that have been giving us reviews. It really means a lot. And like I said, just uh, if you happen to be a fan of a club and uh, you share it with their footballing supporting group, that would be fabulous. We'd love it. We always want to have. Uh, New listeners, and should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Of course I'll do that. We are at DU Football Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then to get in touch via email, it's very simple, dufootballshow at gmail.com uh, to, uh, to reach out to us that way. Also, once you like the Facebook page, you will get an invite to the Drunkard United Football Club, which is our closed Facebook group, which we talk a lot of shit in. Uh, and it's great banter between a multitude of people, guests, former guests on the show, um, rotating cast of people that come through these uh, uh, through this parish, <coughs> and um, and just it's where we get all our banter on, and we encourage it. So come in as long as you cannot be uh, racist or intolerant, you are welcome. DBAC, 
No, it's not your turn to talk yet. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. I make a great fucking cocktail. Sam, why don't you tell people about it? You do. Uh, This is one of your more famous ones. You nearly won a competition with it. Uh, yeah, came in, came in third. Second with or it. Thir- third, third is what it was. Yeah, this is your root beer Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought uh, this time made with bourbon. Um, as recently you can now do because aren't Manhattans typically made with rye? Uh, yes. The original recipe was for the Woodford uh, Manhattan Challenge, so it was Woodford that I used. So it was a bourbon. But since I've used rye, just because rye stands out a little bit better yeah. in, a, in a Manhattan. Uh, so anyway, this uses Jefferson's bourbon, which is 82.3 proof. We've talked about it before. We've had it on the show before. It's one mm-hmm. that I used to sell. I don't anymore. I lost it. It's sad. Um, uh, Kentucky straight bourbon, just excellent stuff. I'm yep. Just a, a great everyday whiskey. That you can find for $39.99 on the shelf. Uh, and the other one is the Root Tea. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it. Art in the Age. The Art in the Age. That's right. Uh, Art in the Age, it's a root tea, mm-hmm. which basically pre-prohibition um, was exactly what this is. It's a pre-prohibition recipe, a foolproof liqueur, and this essentially is what root beer was made from because people liked the flavor of it. They distilled the booze out of it and then sold what was left over. Yep. They would obviously strain it and infuse it with uh, CO2, and it became root beer. It became the soda pop. Yep. Um, so, but this is the pre-prohibition root tea from Art in the Age. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't sell it anymore. I don't even know if it's still available. I don't think it is. I think Art um, in the Age uh, got uh, disbanded as a company. Yeah. So this is, uh, unfortunately, if you find it out in the market, go grab it. because it's, it's fabulous. It's versatile and fabulous. And a bottle will last you a long time because you're only putting in a half ounce to an ounce per drink right. with this stuff anyways. A little goes a long way. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but also, if I remember correctly from when I did sell it, it was also $39.99. Yeah, right around there. Um, so this in a restaurant would be like a $12 cocktail. <clears throat> yep. So I did the, what my inspiration on it was is instead of using sweet vermouth, I used the root, the root beer liqueur. And then I gave it a little bit of Prichard's bitter, which is going to give it a little bit of a licorice and a little bit of rhubarb bitters, which gives it a little sweet and tart. And the idea was, uh, I believe I called it the sarsaparilla Manhattan at the competition, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it came in third, did really well, and I was... It's an excellent little cocktail. And it, just having it brings back a lot of memories, and it's really fucking good. Yeah. Also, what I meant by foolproof liqueur, just so you know, is it's an 80-proof liqueur. Oftentimes, right. liqueurs are between 60 and 70 proof, sometimes even less than that. Yep. Um, this one is what, what we refer to as a foolproof liqueur, which would be 80-proof 80, 80, uh, 80 or higher. Mm-hmm. Also, with the Jeffersons, uh, with the psycho shit going on in the Premier League these first uh, four weeks, I figured we needed an old faithful to kind of steady the ship. Heard. <laughs> good good call. So um, that's the show. Nothing to talk about, right? Nothing happened uh, this weekend? Just give me a chance. Yeah. Everyone drink responsibly, please. Uh-huh. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, let's, have a, let's go ahead and get to it, kids. There we go, guys. Imagine if you will. <laughs> first West Ham said, watch us pull up an upset and knock off the top of the table. Then Spurs said, watch us hand the most storied franchise a historical and embarrassing thumping. Only to have Aston Villa say, fuck all of you, we are going to put seven on the defending fucking champions. Aston Villa seven, Liverpool two, Tottenham six, Manchester United one, West Ham three, Leicester nil. 
the two most successful clubs in the history of England shipped 13 goals in one fucking day, Sam. Yeah. My God, it was fabulous, wasn't Absolutely it? glorious. <laughs> it was. And Villa did it. Um, and I'm, I don't think I wrote it down, but I'm pretty sure Villa did it with only about 30% possession. Yeah. They oh, were fucking ruthless. We were on fire, boys. In fact, our win was so epic, we can't possibly do this segment alone. Oh, yeah? 30.2%. Wow. Hello, good evening. Villa Nista, Lindsay. <laughs> Woo, yes. Villa Nista in the house. I hope all the men's mics are muted because it's the Villanista takeover show. <laughs> well, well, I am going to let you talk a lot. I just plan on uh, just kind of steering the ship is all. Uh, honestly, this the first the, the first game we were talking about is ladies' choice. So, uh, <laughs> L- Lindsay, Lindsay wow. what, I, what I heard from that is Sam won't let women drive. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's, that's all I'm saying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, that game was so much fun to watch. And I just, I kept waiting for Liverpool to smack back, and they didn't. And we looked so competent. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Uh, what What is going through each of your heads? Now, I mean, I'm sitting next We're to you, Mellows. We're Bowl, watching. Bitches. But like, <laughs> as you get that first call from my wife, because my wife likes to do a bit where she calls Lindsay and then says, I'll call you back in 10 minutes. Interestingly enough, <laughs> she was calling her back every 10 minutes because yep. Villa kept fucking scoring. <laughs> I got to yeah. say, Lindsay and I single-handedly have uh, kept Villa up last season and we've kept us on the undefeated track so far this season just through the power of female Villanista energy. Uh, That's right. I have a screenshot of your seven calls. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, did you share oh that gosh. on the group? I'm pretty sure I saw that. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> it, it's 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 really one of those things where everyone woke up this morning. Every Villa fan woke up this morning. Quickly grabbed their phone. I think I, I wasn't sleeping very well. I woke up at like five a.m. Quickly checked. Did we really win? It wasn't a dream, right? You know, um, <laughs> in our bizarro world right now. Um, so yeah, it, it, it just feels absolutely unreal. I mean, can you imagine if Villa had gone down last season, the whole of the footballing world would not have seen this beautiful yeah. display. You know, perfectly said, you Lindsay. Know? That's exactly <laughs> right. You. I appreciate that Klopp gave us uh, our props on the game. It wasn't that Liverpool fucked up as much as it was that Villa stepped up. Yeah, his his post presser, uh, Sam. You'd be interested if you if you saw it. He stepped right up. He goes, first and foremost, all the credit goes to Villa. They took yeah. advantage of opportunities. They made us pay. We had no answer. Yeah. Which was yeah. this Virgil Van Dyke's? No, this was Klopp. Klopp's. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. Klopp. Uh, yeah. uh, Virgil Van Dyke was actually quite. Um, full of praise for Villa as well during his. I only saw his press conference. I didn't see Klopp's. But yeah, no, absolutely. And there's nothing else you can say in that situation. You no. have to just and come out and be honest about it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Van Dyke should have been full of praise. Jack bloody nutmegged him. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. You're absolutely right. Oh um, I, I'm going to pepper in because the okay, act, I can't do it all in, in my closing remarks. I'm going to pepper in with some of the fine banter that you will find on DUFC uh-huh. um, if you were to join uh, our closed Facebook group. And uh, one of the memes that was shared was, mate, what, what time did Liverpool kick off? Uh, and it's the, the <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio with the, with the Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the, the snide face. Uh, 
about every 15 minutes, mate. <laughs> uh, uh, which is brilliant. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Lindsay. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's funny. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I encourage everyone join the DU group. We've had a, uh, we always have that wonderful time of banter, but the past 24 hours have just been incredible, you know, between Manchester United and then, of course, Aston Villa um, really did Manchester United fans a favor because, you know, all the spotlight is truly on the Liverpool now and that's oh. not symbolic display so absolutely now of course i mean the 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 game opens with with a huge mistake from adrian and and it can't be overlooked but you know what that shit does happen and it it's happened to allison before in the back uh what was it um ben foster last season obamian closing him down and he kicked it right off of his his foot what seemed so amazing was is then liverpool kind of shook it off and they seemed like they were going to go ahead and push the narrative Yep. Villa just sat back, and then it was a perfect display of execution. Mm -hmm. Every single counter was a goal or a shot on goal that Adrian had to make a big save on. It was... Which he did still make a fair few saves. It was maybe a handful of chances, but... Good Lord. Uh, um, Got to say, you got to be over the moon, Lindsay, about uh, about Ollie Watkins. He was magnificent. I mean, uh, it was just beautiful to see him him play. And then, you know, um, we already saw this season that Leeds kind of tested them and their high black back line that they always like to play. But Villa just exploited it. And I mean, everyone was, you know, they, they were hopeful about Watkins, as you all know, last season. Uh, one of our downfalls was really not having a striker or well, mm-hmm. not having a striker that could score a bloody goal, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know. So since or stay healthy. Abraham, you know, we, we, we've really, we've just been wanting in that area. And, you know, first, first two games he didn't score, but you could see there was potential. You could see if he can just get that first goal, you know, he, he's going to come good and, I mean, just the way he held up, scored on his left, scored on his right, scored with his head, scored an assist, you know. So definitely you can see why Dean Smith wanted him. You could see, you know, like um, last season, 26 goals with Brentford. And, and I believe he's going to be a great asset this season as well. Um, yeah, go ahead, Sam. This is, this is what you expected to, to make a comparison. This is kind of what everybody expected Che Adams to be. And that's when, exactly what I was about to yeah, say. Yeah, when Southampton bought Che yeah. Adams. Similar kinds of players, uh, kind of yeah. well, not necessarily a point man, but kind of one to play off of a lead striker, although Ali was up there by himself uh, with Douglas Louise kind of in support of him mm-hmm. and, and Jack Grealish as well, uh, obviously. But they had... This is the type of performance that I think Southampton fans and most of us, when they signed Che Adams would have wanted to see um and right. it just it never happened yeah uh he had the, right. the one uh brilliant goal i think towards the tail end of last season maybe against city yeah it was the one uh, against city yeah the big where long he kick. Yeah, 40 yards out but that was one of only i think two goals in the premier league all season and now you see ollie pop up with a not just a hat trick my friend but a perfect no hat trick. no yeah a perfect yeah. hat trick left you- foot first uh right foot second uh, which was the best of the lot, in my opinion. Obviously. Oh, that was gorgeous! Goal. Uh, and then Absolutely the third, with, the third with the header, obviously. Uh, you know what? Yes. The old crayon eater, aka Ross Barkley, paid immediate dividends to your team 
going right into the starting lineup. Well, it took him a couple tries. You could tell he wanted a goal, uh, fluffed one early on. And I'm thinking, shit, if we lose by one goal, everyone's going to be yelling at Barkley for that first just easy miss. He dragged one wide a little later. I think he had like three attempts before he finally got it in. And then it was like, you just could tell. The way he was playing, he was hungry. In fact, the whole team never gave up. Never, never latched no. off, kept the energy and the intensity and the communication. And my God, that defense. And th- and that's the key. That's exactly the key mm-hmm. is is Klopp's version of football is the quote unquote heavy metal football, right? It's that in your face, intense seven minute face melting guitar solo, right? At the yes. at the heavy metal mm-hmm. club. And they just weren't at the fucking races at it. it, it Honestly, it looked like a Kenny G concert from the to to stick with the music metaphors. Yeah, it looked like a Kenny G concert from the Liverpool players, and it looked like Zayo. uh, Was it Zayo's lead singer that pissed on the fans in Ukraine and got arrested? Uh, Maybe no, Lamb of God. Yeah, Lamb of God singers, uh, real like death metal. Right, right. And that's just what it was because every time Villa didn't have much of the ball, but every time they got it, they went straight for the fucking jugular. Oh, it was a long ball. It was a long ball, and they were off to the races. Yeah, yeah. And and even going back to what you guys were saying about Barkley, I mean, just seeing him and Jack play together was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, is this a sign of great things to come? I mean, is, is uh, you know, Jack and him playing together, is that going to kind of get him back into the England squad as well? Because, I mean, that was really, really lovely. And like you were saying before with Ollie Watkins, Dean Smith, he, he doesn't like to play uh, two strikers together. So, you know, we are going to have to have someone like Ali who can hold up the ball, score the goals, make the runs. But then you've got people like, uh, you know, Jack on the left, Trezeguet on the right, who also had an incredible game. And then now you've got someone like Barkley who's going to, you know, um, he played like a number 10 role yesterday. Um, You know, everyone thought he was going to naturally just come and take Connor's place, but he played more of a 10 role. And you saw just that, that great creativity with him and Jack and that allowed Douglas and McGinn to step back. And again, I mean, McGinn, when McGinn is fit, this is what you get. This is what you get. Now, um, what I was going to mention about Barkley was they did put him in the 10, which was where he had his most success with Everton was playing in a 10 just behind the lone striker. And the big thing that he's going to offer is, is he's going to have the chance to be creative, you know, playing in the 10 role. And, now everybody can't just go play hack a jack. They can't go over to the right. sideline and just kick Jack. And Jack no. now now Jack is now going to have somebody else that's going to bring attention to him. That now yes. opens up the field even more. And all yes. all Ali has a, to it's do a, it's a, as a Zaha effect. Yeah, precisely Zaha yeah. and Ezzy. Yeah, absolutely. But, but for Ali, all Ali has to do is put himself in good situations. And yep. make sure he finishes. He doesn't have to try yep. to create goals on his own. He's just got to no. run to the right spaces. Let, no. let Barkley yep. and 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 Jack do their thing. And heck, if Trezeguet isn't up to yep. snuff, they went out and got uh, Triori from Lyon to do it too. Like, and he he looked pretty exactly. good when he came on as well. Looked a little rusty, yes. but he looked good when he came on. He was energetic. Yeah, no, I think he's going to be a confidence. great addition as well. Yeah, uh, I've got two points real quick. Sure. The first one. Did uh, anybody see Ollie Watkins post match? 
Uh, yes. Yeah. Beating himself was... up for the two chances he missed. Yeah. You start calling him Ollie Twist because he's looking at the press like, may I please have some more? Uh, I could have. I, I should have put that one in that hit the post. And, yeah. And, and then Adrian that one with right the, at it. Yeah. yeah like. he's, he's looking at the press like, may I please have some more? Right? It's Oliver Twist there, that is. Uh, and then the, the other thing um, is uh, Jack starts on the left, mm-hmm. but Jack likes mm-hmm. to float. And yes. Jack should float because he's creative and inventive and he's the spark yes. that, that Villa have always had, um, that he needed pieces around him. Now he has pieces around him. And he's not selfish. Yes. Oh, Barkley's the perfect piece I was, to have next but to I was I was very nervous about bringing Barkley in at first because the way mm-hmm. in which Jack likes, likes to float and the way in right. which Barkley plays the number 10, less disciplined in the way it would look but I thought that it was going to be like England's Gerard Lampard problem. Right. Where they right, get in each right, other's right. way. And right, got they, you, yep. They just never did. They they clicked no. immediately. It's, it's amazing yep. how they well they really end. did. And Barkley they just really did. wanted to show off. In fact, it's not even mentioned in the recaps, but at one point he had a flying defensive headbutt. Yeah, had, had, it. headed a ball away. Oh. Headed a ball wow. away. Not headbutt. Yeah. Like, Don't say headbutt. Oh, a header. <laughs> Now, all a- I know is his body was parallel to the ground, going forward like a cannon, and headed that shit away. And it was amazing. And that was like the 15th best move in that entire well, match. It shows that he gives a shit. Yep. Yeah. 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 Which at Chelsea, you yeah. couldn't really pick out a point in which he cared. Well, he was never really no. getting opportunities. You know? Well, that's true, too. Yeah. 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 When he went in, he did his job, and you know what? That probably what Chelsea taught him was a little more discipline because with Everton, he just did what he wanted, and he was such a right. young talent yep. that we were just kind of like, okay, kid, you're our future. Go ahead and, and go and be be- you. Yeah. become it, and then right. he never did. Right, and then oh he pissed gosh. off to Chelsea. But but yep. I think he understands right now exactly what this opportunity at Villa means. He knows he's going to yep. start mm-hmm. week in and week out. He knows he can have an impact on games. He knows he's got yeah. partnership around him. And I got yeah. I got to say for you guys for the transfer window you you made the right moves. I think you're still yeah. a little susceptible on target side. Um I think Maddie Cash yeah. is great down the one side and 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 while Agreed. and while your boys in the middle are big and physical, they can be kind of found out occasionally if you yeah. if you right. really kind of push pace on them, but yeah. <clears throat> this already feels like a team that's comfortably safe. Like yeah. this feels but like a twelfth place team already. This is going to be a fun season. One of, and one of the Robbies Mel won't have as much malort. Yeah, one of the Robbies <laughs> was saying it on the desk at the weekend. Just like, yeah. may, maybe it was Tim Howard. Yeah. Last season, obviously Villa clung on the final day of the season. You feel after these first what well, Villa played three, but after these first four weeks of the season with Fulham being so bad all four weeks with yeah. West Brom doing what they've done, you feel Villa's. Comfortably safe already. Sheffield oh, yeah. and Burnley are a mess. Yeah. Well, yeah. if if you even saw like after Project Restart, you saw a different villa. Absolutely. You know, um, no, you're absolutely like, right. Ev- the defense that had just let us down, you know, before um, you know everything went into isolation. You know, we came back and concert and Mings. I mean, just really developed this great partnership. Now, I. I don't know if it's down to John Terry. I don't know. I I heard that, you know, over the lockdown, they were working on set pieces and, you know, just really trying to work on the defense. So I think that was definitely a blessing in disguise for us. So, um, and I think they just continue to solidify that position. And, um, you know, that that's really great to see just to, 
Um, Because I think, you know, Mings Mings has been solid from day one, but he needs a a partnership. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we thought that was going to be Angles at the beginning of last season, went a bit south. And now you can see that him and Konsa together, you know, it looks like it's going to be a great partnership. And then, of course, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Graham for Martinez. Thank you very much. (laughs) Not a problem. Yeah. Angles (laughs) reminded me in microcosm last season. He reminded me of Per Murtisacker's Arsenal career. Okay. <laughs> he was good when he got there. Big, lanky, white dude. Could right. use some time in the sun, to be honest. Right. Uh, and then towards the end of it, just looked quite slow and out of position frequently. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so um, Mel, and then I, I, I got a little closing remark, and we'll have to, to see off, Lindsay, because we've still got a whole rest of the show to do. Yeah, that's um, it. That's all that oh, no, absolutely. It, it's been been great being so, with you guys even for this time. We so, have 10 more fucking goals to talk about. So, <laughs> so Mel. Just in this segment. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Um, so, Mel, you're. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, we were pretty convinced you were going to be doing Malort, um, but no Malort no, Monday. In fact, uh, I, for the rest of the show, I insist that you guys call me No Malort Mel. No Malort Mel. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. No Malort Mel. No Very Malort good. Mel. Yeah. No uh, problem. Uh, I mean, obviously, ladies, there's a whole lot of seasons still ahead, but you have to be thrilled with yes, the start. Absolutely. You have to be thrilled with with the squad. There looks like there's going to be some depth and some rotation, and God forbid yes. McGinn gets hurt, which he does. He's now not a critical piece. You, you've you got pieces that can plug and play, yes. and Jack isn't a man on an island by himself, so it's it's got to be yes. very encouraging. It what, is. I forgot. It, it is, definitely. While, while watching the highlights, I forgot <laughs> that I wasn't watching a YouTube clip from the mid-70s when Villa were actually good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's what uh, people in the uh, the Facebook group that Lindsay and I are in uh, was saying. It was like, hey, yeah. you want to know what it was like to be a Villa fan back in the 90s yeah, yeah, and such? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that game. Back in 82 when we won the Champions League. Yeah, yep. exactly. I mean, yeah. this, this, yeah. Is, this is mid to late 70s, early 80s stuff from Villa. This was, yeah. dare I say, a vintage performance. Excellent. Yeah. Well, yeah. Lindsay, thank and, you. And, yes, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and, 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 and last, last season, you know, uh, when Dean Smith got, you know, promoted and they said to Dean, you know, so how are you going to handle the premiership? He said, I'm going to, we're going to go and we're just going to play every game and we're not going to be afraid. And that mentality of just taking it to big teams, you can see now, okay, is this the beginning of that mentality and trying to do that? And then last thing I'm going to leave you with, I don't know if you know this, Mr. Houston, but... So you've everyone's been going on about the stats. This is um, the worst, the worst score from a from a champion since 1963, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Liverpool's did, did first you, time they've you, conceded seven since 63. I think. Yes. Since yeah, first time you, ever the you, champions have conceded seven. That's right. right. But Mr. Houston, did you see who won that 62-63 season? Uh, was it my boys or was it? Yes, it was. Yes. It was Everton. <laughs> you won the league. We we won in black and white. <laughs> you won the league in black and white. You won so the I'll league. Le- I'll leave you with that lovely 60s. piece of information. Well, Lindsay, thank you so very much for joining us, Mel. You want to see her off? All right. Uh, hey, uh, Villanista, I'll call you in ten minutes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Miss Fella Villanista. Call me in ten minutes. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Woo! I forgot to kiss her ring. What do you do for the queen? Uh, God damn it. That's right, her highness. I know. Shit. <laughs> um, all right. So in the first six minutes, it's one nothing on a penalty to United. 1-1 one, one draw, and then 2-1 Spurs. In the first six fucking minutes, Sam. Yeah. 
Um, I think Spurs would have won handedly without the sending off. Oh, oh, you mean the one sending off? There should have been, been three, three sending yeah. offs. <laughs> well, really, there should have been four. Lamella should have gone as well, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. But at that point, it wouldn't have mattered because United would have been down to eight men. Um, but yeah, it was a fucking the travesty at Old Trafford. That was fucking insane. Like they completely capitulated. I've never seen a top level football team. Uh, yes, I have. Eight two to Bayern Munich for Barcelona. Right. I have seen a football team capitulate that poorly. Eight <laughs> two Arsenal Man United. Uh, uh, when when they beat us mm-hmm. at the Emirates, and I think it was twenty thirteen. Right. So yeah, I have seen a football team capitulate that badly, but not Manchester United. Right. And Marshall, you got to know better. You know the minute you put a hand to a face, it does not matter how hard it is. Well, that, that's or how it. Soft the the it announcer is. even said it wouldn't have killed a housefly. Right, right. And Lamelo waited, looked around, grabbed his face, and, and slowly fell to his knees, <laughs> like, like like my two year old niece that just is wanting to cry and yeah. just kind of waits and looks and then goes, <gasps> "Oh, I have attention." <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my one. god. And then and then Bayi, I mean, literally ten minutes later. Steps on Harry Kane as he's getting should have gone for that. Should have gone, and it's a shame because I wonder if VAR or, or the referee are showing favoritism to a club like United. I think in the instance because they already had a red card. Because if he if if Martial had not been sent off, there's no doubt in my mind that would have been VAR checked and that would have been a red well, card. There you go. And and here's you know the old adage you can't some, send someone off in the first two minutes mm-hmm. from like a ref a referee's perspective unless it's a Merseyside derby and you want to make a name for yourself and they're wearing a blue shirt then you can easily send them off unless i remember jack rodwell it's something so egregious that you can't justify not doing it right of course right? um i think of i don't think he wanted to but do you re- compare it to the on-field fight of uh lee boyer and karen dyer for newcastle right uh it's quite obvious Two players are in a f- involved in a fist fight in the middle of fucking pitch during a game. Right. You have to send them both off regardless of if they're on the same team or not. Of course. And I don't think Baez was obviously egregious enough that the referee thought, fuck, I have to take action here. I think, I think it, he wanted I to think, not have to take action. I, absolutely. I think he didn't want to have to take action. And then Luke Shaw later in the match, I don't know why he didn't. If a player, I mean, we always make the reference of the man or the ball, never both. Okay, so it was Serge Joyer that just swings right past him, just flies past him. In most instances, players just grab you. They just grab you around the waist and they pull you down and, and you get a yellow card. He went to the Cobra Kai dojo and did what Sensei Johnny said and swept the fucking leg. That is exactly what he did. He yeah. slid in and swept the fucking leg on him. There was no attempt to go for the ball. It was a thousand percent cynical, and he was absolutely going to try to kick and hurt him. I am not a fan of the professional foul. Right. Although it is a, I understand that it's part of the game. A professional foul is exactly what you said. Grab him by the waist. Do something obvious. Yellow card, no big deal. Hug him. This was the entirety of Luke Shaw's frustration coming out, and it all went on to Serge Aurier's shins at that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And he should have seen red for it. There was red, no genuine. There was no genuine attempt to play the ball. He attempted to injure that man, and if it was allowed, he should be arrested for assault. 
the and also down both yes it was very good all right both down both flanks it was just bomb after bomb after bomb Bisaka and Shaw on each each side were just getting murdered by long balls and where did that all come from the center of the pitch because while Bruno and Pogba together when they have the ball could very well be one of the most dynamic pairs in all of football as far as creating and owning the field Problem is, on the other side, no so defense so good. No, very not bad actually. At all, not even not good. It's it's bad. It's just it's bad. It's a hundred million pound of bullshit. Two of those six goals directly fault of Paul Pogba. Mm-hmm. Serge Aurier's goal, where he ran right past Pogba and just slotted it away. I mean, Pogba was jogging, and just yeah, Luke Shaw was already marked, and just watched him run right by him. Right, if yep. that was his man, watched him run right by, and then the penalty was the stupidest. Like he planked. It was a in, floating plank. Yeah, he planked in front. It was just. It was <laughs> terrible. It was. Do you remember? I, I think we brought it up a couple weeks ago. I know we brought it up a couple weeks ago. I think it was Lewis Dunk for mm-hmm. Brighton. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when I said that he slid in, and while he was sliding, picked his hands up to say I didn't do anything before he even got to the player. Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly what Paul Paul his entire body went completely stiff. Yep. It slid through. I could, it just it just kept going. And didn't attempt to stop, didn't attempt to do anything. The ball was already past him. And then the bright uh the um the Spurs player just stood there and, and fell over fell him. over him because why the fuck wouldn't you? It's exactly what you and would it was do. Quite and then, simple. And then Pogba stood up, turned around, looked at the ref, and complained about the call. Uh, Paul, that is exactly what you would do on the other end of the pitch. That is exactly the foul you normally have happen. And what is it? Uh, brace for Harry, brace for Son, uh, Aurier, uh, Serge Aurier. I keep messing up his name. I'm on. Oh yeah. Thank you. Do your French thing. And uh, who was the who was the last goal? The last goal was uh, Tombe and Dumbele. Ah, that's right. The first goal. Tongue and Dumbele. And that was the first goal, and that was a ripper that went through the back of the net. Scrappy, though. Took a deflection. Yeah. There was kind of a pile up in the center of the box, yeah. Yeah, but um, when he when he kicked it. Oh, he it, caught it. When he, when he yeah. kicked it, he was kicking that ball with purpose. He <laughs> caught it, absolutely. I, hard to put much of it on De Gea. I mean, yeah, it's, it's six goals, but it, the, the team in front of him showed nothing. Well, Nothing. I would say the same about most of the goals scored by Villa for Adrian. There were three wicked deflections in that game. Right. That's part of the game, though. Oh, oh, and oh, Villa were in the positions to make that happen. Well, in Klopp, Klopp and says... Same thing here. Klopp said in the post game, he goes, yeah, there were three deflections, but a deflection means you didn't block the ball properly. And so yeah. it's, they it's, shouldn't it's even on have been, you. They shouldn't it's even have been blame. in the position to take the shot is right. the point. If, if, and, they got a def- if they got a deflection, that should have been a block shot. It shouldn't have been a deflection. The worst part of what I saw, they did. T- Manchester United did take off some strikers and bring on some midfielders. I think of Vanderbeek for Greenwood. Yeah, they, they tried to slow it down. They tried to stop the bleed, but apparently their tourniquet wasn't working. And and Spurs took the foot off the gas. Yeah, Jose could have made that worse. Yeah, that could have been worse. That could have been. I don't think. Jo- I don't think it was up to Jose. I think the team just went out and did what they did. 
I didn't see Jose in the technical area asking them to do anything. Oh, no. <laughs> he walked up, shook the hands with the subs he made, and that was it. Oh, he was too busy looking at himself in the mirror going, look at how great uh, look, I am. Yeah, they should have I'm, appreciated me I'm, more here. I'm pretty awesome. Yeah. Maybe maybe they should have kept me around. A hundred percent. Three, respect. 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 No, no. Three, twice. Yeah. Okay, six. Yeah. Respect. Respect. <laughs> so uh, Brings Up actually got an email from uh, from Keith. And it's one of our uh, Newcastle supporters up in Frederick. And what he did, uh, titled it, uh, Worst Former United Star as Manager. And he said, uh, I had thought and wanted to hear your take. Bruce and Ole are both former Man U stars and are now managers. Which of the two is worse and why? Record can't be used, clearly, as Ole has far more talent. If your club coach quit today and you had to choose between those two, so had to choose because... Honestly, my choice would be put a pork chop around my neck and walk into fucking traffic or go mess with the neighborhood dog and just pretend that I didn't have to pick one of the two of them. But, Sammy, if you had to pick Ole or Bruce, who would you pick? If I had to pick Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or Steve Bruce, I would pick Steve Bruce. Yep, I agree with you 1,000%. Experience, put an arm around the lads. People forget Steve Bruce was a defender as well. Uh-huh. A bit hard-nosed. And they forget that because he scored a boatload of fucking goals for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. I would have to I would have to say on recent form on the last three years, I would have to say Steve Bruce. Uh, how much longer does Ole have? I give it Christmas. It's especially at United. They're still paying Jose off, I think. Right. They may have given him a giant settlement at right. once, but that money would still be coming in had right. they parlayed it, um, uh, so to speak. So, <laughs> I I think it may be a toss-up between Sean Dyche, uh, Chris Wilder, and um, Ole for, and Ole first for first sack now. And fuck's sake, I didn't write any of them down. I didn't write uh, any of them down either. <laughs> for, our, for our preseason uh, predictions. So, God damn it. In terms of worst former United coach ever... Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two names that we failed to mention, obviously, in Mark Hughes and Roy Keane. Oh, God. <laughs> and oh, which God. one out of those two would you want for your club? Uh, Roy Keane, because he'd at least be entertaining. Roy Keane. Sparky can fuck right off. Definitely. All right. Um, 100%. So, so before these two games happened, Sam, you and I had talked, and we were like, oh, I guess we're going to open up with West Ham uh, knocking off Leicester, right? Yeah. So apparently West Ham has cracked the code. Uh, have your gaffer telework, and you'll win games. Well, basically, West Ham just did to Leicester what Leicester did to Man City. Yeah. Uh, They just did it better. There was 10, most of the time, 11 players behind the ball. Mm -hmm. And they were able to uh, pass enough in the back when they got possession to allow the forward two or three players to get forward before the long ball happened. First two goals were booming long balls that no, yeah, that but, Leicester should have defended better. But they were still 11 men behind the ball. So oh, it yeah. was win possession, pass six yards, pass six yards. Now those three players are up there because they were three yards in front of me a second ago. Yep. They get up there, long ball, dribble through, pass to Bowen, score. Or, you know, pass to Antonio, score. Or, you know, the, that was it. It was... It was Literally what Pep Guardiola was pissed off about 
last weekend is exactly, is exactly what they did to Leicester. Well, particularly that first goal, there were three blue shirts around Antonio. Mm-hmm. Nobody no took did, responsibility. Nobody wanted to cover him. And it was the easiest header in the world from a long crossing ball that should have never gotten there in the first place. Correct. Now, I would say it was, it was really bad form out of Leicester. And, you know, I mean, I, heck, I, I praised them last week and thought they, you know, and said, hey, I've got it wrong. You know, they, they, they're they a great team and they're going to be all right. And that, that was, wow, that was a bad, bad performance from them. I mean, credit to West Ham defense. Vardy just never got the ball. They were not letting him get the ball. They were They didn't register a shot on target. Him. Lester didn't register a shot on target. Just insane. Jared, Bo- uh, Jared Bowen, um, Harvey Barnes mm-hmm. uh, put the ball in the back of the net, but was judged to be offside. Right. Lester completely forgot that the outside 18 yards of either flank were able to be used. Yeah. And when yeah. you're against an opponent that packs it in so much, that tight, intricate football, not even Arsenal could play, not even City could play. In, in those tight spaces. Right. Well, and you, had, you cannot jam it down the throat of people that put 10 behind the ball. It's not going to happen. And you had you Barnes, have to move. you had Tilleman, and you had Perez, so you would have thought you'd have been able to work those flanks better. You have to get the ball wide. You have to move the ball quickly, and sometimes you have to take a gamble and play a 45 from the left back to the right winger or the right back to the left winger. So you get the defense to move and shift, players to work off of them, and that way people miss assignments. Right. They did none of those things. They tried to play little intricate one-twos right down the middle of the field, and West Ham were eating it up all goddamn day. How much um, How much does not having um, Ryan Madison hurt right now? A lot. Because um, James Madison. <laughs> James Madison, he my can, apology. He can, um, he can change a game. He provides that with. He has a technical ability to, to beat a player and open play up force other people on the opposition to make a decision, which will then open up another player. Opens up space for Vardy to run. Absolutely. Uh, somebody has to step up out of defense to, to confront him, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they missed him tremendously in this game, and you saw it against City with the, the peach he scored. Mm-hmm. He can take a game. He, he has that brilliance mm-hmm. that, that he can turn on, and, and the opposition is in trouble. And they, they lacked that completely. And they never had the ability to draw West Ham out of their box enough to allow Vardy the space to run into. Mm-hmm. Vardy's not super technically gifted. No, he's he's a fantastic finisher. He's fast as hell. He's ruthless as shit, and, and, and he's, he's fucking ruthless. fast. Yeah, yeah. And if he doesn't have the space to run into, you render him ineffective. And that's exactly what West Ham did. It was a perfectly executed they play also, on West Ham. And and again, this would have led the fucking show. If if the other two games didn't happen, this would have been the late. This would have been the leadoff. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And West Ham remained the double sided dildo that uh, we all knew they were because they fucked my entire parlay <laughs> on the first game of the goddamn day. <laughs> this is the other side of the dildo that put it right in my bet and uh, fucked it to oblivion. Yes, they absolutely did. So they've, you know, look at this. You know, West Ham has scored seven goals in their last two matches, but in between those two matches, they shipped four to. Uh, Everton and got knocked out of the cup. <laughs> Rounding out the rest of the league in, oh, so that happened. Everton four, Brighton two, Leeds one, Man City one, Arsenal two, Sheffield one, Chelsea four, Palace nil, Newcastle three, Burnley one, 
Southampton 2, West Brom 0. Wolverhampton 1, Fulham 0. Oh, hey, Sam, by the way, um, Everton are top of the fucking table right now. Yeah. I, they I, are. I just, <laughs> like, all of this that we talk, and, and very quietly, wow, look, look at that. Fucking toffees are top of the fucking table. Little I'm sorry, who's second in the table? Villa. Oh, that's right. Pro-Houston agenda in the Pro house. Pro-Houston agenda. I'll go back to hitting the mute button. Thank you. <laughs> Arsenal are in fourth, by the way. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. You know what that uh, is? That's behind first and second, right, Houston? That absolutely is. Well said, darling. Uh, well I did not said. know that Carlo's brow uh, was essentially the up button on an elevator in the lobby of a hotel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hit that in the middle of last season and climb right and up whoop, the table. Right up the table. <laughs> a quick ascent. Um, yeah. So... Dominic Calvin Lewandowski scores yet another goal, leading <laughs> leading the league. Uh, Hamas with a brace and an assist, and uh, apparently um, Neil Lespe is a prick to even his fellow countrymen as he just decided to get into a fight with uh, Luca Digne. Yeah, what a dickhead! And I can't believe I was compared to him over the weekend. Uh, I would like. Um, <laughs> it still I, annoys me. <laughs> I'm sure I'm ready for your onslaught of T Rex arms and short arms and not being able to hold the ball and all that good stuff. I would just like to take a moment because I'm sure Jordan's listening right now. Okay, so I have a few words of advice for Jordan. He's listening in Nando's. Okay, right. A few words of advice. Less raves, more saves. <laughs> hey, Very simple. There you go. Very simple plan, my, my friend. Very simple plan. That is a good plan um, for him. I thought Brighton actually outpossessed Everton in this game. Uh, a lot of that came to the end because Everton, knowing they had the lead, just kind of went, okay, we're just going to, you know, few yeah, injuries. But- you had Richarlison go out. You had uh, Seamus Coleman go out. So they just cut. You could tell they just went, okay, we're just going to see this bad boy out. But in general, still just three shots on target from 11 shots total uh, for Brighton. Um and conceding in first half stoppage time after doing so well to equalize from Jordan Pickford's mistake. Yeah, two set piece goals in the first half. That is something you cannot be happy with your defense about. No, but in in first half stoppage time, and this, the stats don't necessarily back it up, mm-hmm. right? But we've played the game. There's a lot of athletes out there. When you concede something that egregious just before halftime and you have no time to make it right or forget about it, you stew on it for the 20 minutes of halftime. Yep. And then you come back out and second guess yourself. And that's exactly what Brighton did. Well, and they, that- they did well to get themselves back in the game. And then at 40 plus or 45 plus two, fucked it. And Yerry Mina stole in and got that brilliant header. Great move, wonderful cross, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. And then Brighton, you could just see the air fall right out of their bodies. Just, ugh. And second fuck. half, they come out, they start to push the tempo a little bit. Boom, counterattack counter Hamas yep. goal. Uh-huh. Then then they pull it back even more. Boom, counterattack Hamas goal. Like, I mean, just, yeah, you know, so it, it, a, a nice solid win for Everton. Brighton are hard luck losers right now at one and three. I think they're a much better team than, than yeah. their record certainly dictates. I think they will fix it. They're, they're going to have to be safe. They're going to have to realize that they can't be full-blown assault all the time, that that smarter teams will counter them and will make them pay, and that that's going to hurt them a few times. Um, 100%. So, again, yet another game that would have led off this show, Manchester City dominate for 20 minutes, 
and then proceed to escape Ellen Road against Leeds, making all three of their subs in the second half were defensive fill-in players. They took off attacking players for defensive players because they had no answer for the wave and wave and wave and wave of leads that just kept coming and coming and coming. I mean, it was insane. Leeds was hands down the more aggressive, better side in that match. Hand, not even questionable. Couple stats. Mm-hmm. Leeds, 52.1% <laughs> possession. Manchester City, 47.9. Passes, Leeds, 429. Man City, 389. Mm. That they out possessed and happens. outpassed Manchester City. City never City always dominates those stats. Even against like a team like Liverpool, City dominates those stats. We said a few weeks ago that this Pep's never been in a club for five seasons. This is his fifth at City. This is what now looks like Jose's third year. It's not good. It's, it's falling apart. And for a team that's been so dominant, right? Now I know they didn't win the title last year, but and, they they Played very well. They were runaway second place. And in their defense, there are a lot of very key players not on the pitch. But therein lies the problem. This is exactly my point. A team that is that dominant to be that shallow, Mm -hmm. lacking depth on their bench. And we always joke about how, oh, if you play City and they don't have their starters, they have a whole second team of starters. Well, that whole second team of starters is not performing. Well, and there's the thing. We think of Pep as his tinker man. He tinkers with systems. He doesn't tinker with personnel. No. You change one, maybe two pieces, but the spine of the side and, and, and those really in the know are constant. He has no center forward right now. They he has no... no desperately no- need Gundogan. It is insane how important of a player Gundogan is. Uh-huh. He is what... Fernandino was when Fernandino was younger yeah. a few years he back. He has no second center back. All he has is Laporte. He can't uh, do it all on himself. He got the guy from Benfica that he, he what, played today. In, yeah. Well, in Ditto, oh no, he, Diaz. He, yeah, he Diaz. started. He did, he okay. did all right. Yeah, he did but, all right. But also, it's it's hard to base someone's first performance when all you have is Bielsa's berserkers just running down. Both the goals pitch. are fantastic, by the way. Insanity. Both goals are fantastic. Ryan Sterling's probably edged it for me as goal of the game. Ryan. Just brilliant. Drag couple defenders, uh, fake pulling the trigger, and then slotted it in the corner after he used a, a, a defender running on as a screen. Mm-hmm. Didn't try to kill it, just pass into the corner. And then the wherewithal of Rodrigo. Uh, in the box after a, a, a failed clearance, or, or maybe it was a block, to find himself turning and shoot so quickly, mishandled. Uh, was, it was, was brilliant. Mis- mishandled clear by uh, by Ederson, but That's then Ederson, I, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. Ederson turned around and made a worldy and barely knocked one over the post. That was insanity. Correct. Now, what I will say, I do want to point out that this still should have led off the running order because, and the Premier League knew what the fuck they were doing. Not only was it Bielsa versus Pep. <laughs> Mike fucking Dean was in charge of the match. <laughs> they put the three biggest personalities in English football together. Yep, yep, right there. <laughs> three geniuses in their own right, um, and <laughs> nobody could tell me otherwise. In our uh, and we got to do. The and rest. it was a fucking spectacle. And we still have five more games to do, and we got to get it done. So, uh, real quickly, just in the world of uh, Bielsa, after the match. He's being interviewed. Of course, the journalist is trying to find out, you know, 
the mentor of Pep, even though he won't say he is. The whole thing, right? Like, you know, that kind of like, they have great admiration for one another. And he's kind of leading a pointed question that way. And uh, Bielsa's interpreter goes ahead and says everything to him. And then Bielsa just kind of looks up and mutters out something. And the interpreter says exactly what Bielsa had to say, which was, this was a very competitive match between two teams that really wanted to win. That is all he had to say. (laughs) That was it. That was it. It was a very competitive match between two teams that wanted to win. And nobody thinks anything of it because of you take the the other side of the grandiose inter, uh, uh, press conference about cheating, yeah. about spying and shit in the 52-page PowerPoint and all that. Yep. This is mind games on the next level. He's just like, no, I will no, not let. Uh-uh. This uh. is two competitive, two professional football clubs in a competitive match that both wanted to win. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. And nothing, th- nothing to see here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nothing to see. Old man Bielsa, little teeny Pep over there, bald the f- fraud. The force, the bald force is fraud. strong. <laughs> the force is strong in Bielsa. <laughs> um, you know what? Good professional win out of your boys. Yes, it was. The first half was boring as fuck. Yes, uh, I think I may have fallen asleep. <laughs> it was terrible. It was absolutely fucking terrible. What I do like about it, and the only thing really worth mentioning, to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. about this game, was Arteta made substitutions. And immediately, about four minutes after the sub was made, maybe longer now, I think I actually wrote it down, six minutes. Uh, within six minutes, Arsenal found themselves 2-0 up from Arteta's substitutions. And now Pepe got a goal, yet the second goal, but the first goal, he passed, he had the hockey assist. He right. passed to Bellerin. He made the chance. Right. And Bellerin found Saka with a, a, a brilliant cross. Sub that impacted the game came in, immediately impacted the game. 100%. Which Ch- is always credit to a manager. He changed uh, changed the system a little bit, brought on Nicola Pepe uh, in place of uh, Eddie Nketiah and moved Aubameyang to the middle uh, and Saka out, uh, further out wide. And they took the game by the scruff of the neck at that point. Now, McGoldrick shouldn't have been allowed to score. There's still obvious problems, blah, 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 blah. But Mikel Arteta affected the game with the subs he made, and it was brilliant. And it's good to see. Sheffield finally score a goal, but find themselves 0-3 and not in In a good way currently. Fucking trouble. Yeah, real legit trouble. Uh, Chelsea, opportunistic. Uh, Palace don't even manage a shot on goal. Yeah, it was, uh, honestly, it was was all one-way traffic. Yeah. I don't really think Palace even tested the new signing Mendy. No, not a single uh, shot on target. Interesting uh, that Mendy started this game only after arriving four days earlier or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's Six days Ke- earlier, Keppa's maybe? done. Keppa no longer oh, no. has a job. Uh, but you could see it in the back line and in the, in the way that Chelsea approached the game. They now have confidence in the person behind him. They used him a fair amount passing back to him where they wouldn't Keppa. Right. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of things that were different and just the, the swagger about the team. And that's huge. I mean, we say it all the time. When you don't have somebody you trust behind you, the defense tries to do too much. And if you know anything about sports in general, you can try to do too much and end up fucking up because of it. And that was the case with Chelsea the first three games of the season. Now, I think you're going to see a very different Chelsea side, a more settled, relaxed Chelsea side. That's insane when they're already more comfortable with a keeper who didn't even, even know who didn't even make a save who didn't even catch a ball like in this is your like you already have more confidence in him than the other guy that's crazy great new, goal from Ben Chilwell new oh very good goal great goal a, immediate impact immediate oh, yeah. impact to that time. team it's 
Guaida didn't even have a chance. <laughs> no. Ball no. was already hitting the net before he moved yeah, his hands. Yeah, he was hands. just, go, 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 what? Uh, goal. Oh, yeah. shit. Yep. Newcastle respond after Burnley levels. Uh, Newcastle getting two two goals after after uh, Burnley draws it up 1-1. They I, were it, fucking toothless again, though. Makes me makes me scratch my head even more with that Newcastle loss to uh, Brighton. That that three nothing just ass whooping that Brighton put on them. Yeah, because they 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 seem fine. They seem fine, and it just uh, I, makes me just go, huh? That 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 one game, and uh, burn. We want to talk about the teams in real trouble. Real real trouble. Burnley in real, real trouble. Hundred percent. It it for me. Uh, maybe Brucey's right. He came out before the match and was like, I, "I don't think I get a fair shake from the media," and not in a Trumpy kind of way. Yeah. He was like, "Y'all paint me to be some kind of incompetent fool, but look where we are right now. <laughs> look and, how we finished last season. I think I'm doing a pretty good goddamn job." And he sunk. He, he went out and got great pieces and yeah. it was smart spending. Like, mm-hmm. they, I mean, yeah. It's I kinda, think he has Mike Ashley bought into it. Yeah, yeah. And he has the couple of flair players he needs for the moments of brilliance in Maximon and Almiron. He now has Ryan Fraser. He has a proven goal scorer in Callum Wilson. Where last season they had Joel Linton, who managed, what, two goals all season? Right. And it came from a, a couple of Matt Ritchie screamers when he wasn't hurt, and here or there, Maximone would chip in. Now the pressure's off of Maximone. He's got a, a real goal scorer in front of him. He proved it with two goals uh, on the day. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Newcastle look, and he's got a, a, a great goalkeeper and a decent defensive lot yeah. that's now fit. I don't know if Dubravka gets his job back when when uh, he comes Darlow back. Was Darlow's fantastic. been amazing. Darlow's fantastic. Darlow's been absolutely amazing. Southampton get a second shutout in a row. And West Brom, fortunately for them, there's three teams shittier. Yeah, that possibly, yes. Currently, there are three teams definitely shittier than they are. Okay, fair enough. They still have yet to register a uh, a win, and I would find that concerning. They at least got a point. I mean, that's true, but yeah. <laughs> the three below them don't, and the three below them, I don't know when they're going to get a win. But weren't the other two games that they, or other three games, weren't they shutouts? Besides uh, the three, no, they no? scored two on, they scored two on uh, Everton. It was 5-2. Oh, it was 5-2. You're yeah, right, five you're two. right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so it, it's just five goals from four games, though. Those are Burnley-type numbers. Yeah. They need to figure out how to score consistently, and they have to keep it organized at the back. I do think Slavin Bilic will work it out. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. But they're they're going to need to do something. Yeah. By the way, sorry kids. We'd like to talk a whole lot more about these games, but when thirteen goals get scored on the on Liverpool and fucking Man United, it's gonna kind of dominate the conversation. Yeah. Sorry, um, kids. So not a ton about your teams tonight. The last thing I'd say about Southampton. Mm-hmm. Good to see Danny Ings not have to be on the score sheet for them to win. Yes, very uh, good. A peach from uh, Oreo uh, Romeo, mm-hmm. and then um, Gineppo was the first one. Uh, I think it was the first goal. No, one Gineppo. I think it was Gineppo. He's the blonde-haired black dude. But it wasn't Gineppo. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay, very good. It's already okay. uh, while you're doing it, I'll go ahead and start to mention the last game. Wolves. Moose Gineppo, 41st minute. It was Gineppo. Okay, I'm sorry. Thank you. So, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. <laughs> Fucking bite me. Um, Wolves, Wolves get a needed win, but it still doesn't seem all sorted out No, they all. look exhausted. And... Uh, Kamara should have put away the equalizer. Mm-hmm. He was wide open by himself. Well, that sums up Fulham's season, doesn't it, so far? Yeah, 
Definitely. Also, a little concerning that, um, you know, the owner is a little vocal on Twitter and said some things that Parker didn't much care for. And then Parker came out and said it to the media. That's not a good way. That's for, the makings of a problem. That is the makings <laughs> of a big fucking problem. Yeah. Now, it, it, that chance from Kamar really summed up Fulham season. There are thereabouts, but falling short, fluffing their lines. Yeah. And Wolves didn't have to be good on the day. And I don't think they were. No, they weren't particularly good. I do think their season from last year and the small squad that Nuno likes to work with, coupled with the couple of new signings, not betting in yet. They got to get the new signings betting they in look desperately. fucking exhausted. Yeah. They look exhausted. Well, especially it, towards the end there as Fulham really was pushing the narrative. They will be safe because they have quality. But I could see Wolves being like a 12th, 13th type position this season. Yeah, they got to get it together. There's no rest. There's no rest. And you think about all these internationals that are coming thick and fast. And by the way, COVID is still a fucking problem, yeah? Right. How many people are testing positive for COVID in, in leagues because of these international breaks? Normally, Ra- that's what happens. You have, Raul Jimenez, you have Raul Jimenez has to fly all the way over to Mexico to play a game halfway across the world, fly back to England and get himself rested and fit for the weekend. It's just they've been doing it for too long. They need depth. They're not going to get depth. The squad's too small, and I think this season they're going to find some struggles. Uh, there's one positive to take away from Fulham this time versus the last time. This time, they at least have a goalkeeper who is able to make saves. Eh, fair enough, but when it counted, he didn't. Yeah, well, I mean, eh, he, he he played his ass off in that <laughs> match. But but remember, last year's goalkeeper, I mean, last time's goalkeeper, ball would hit him directly in the hands, and it would go in the back of the net. Not yeah. what a keeper's fair supposed enough. to do. Fair enough. It's time to tell you what little we know it is prediction time. I won, the rest of you lost, and that is all that matters. Uh, you missed your parlay, Sam, and you find yourself still up $57. Yeah, uh, because I won my first two. Yeah. Uh, so this one for the big old cup of losers, along with my $60 from the Preakness on Saturday. Yes, the Dort Spirec uh, cup of losers. Says, West Ham, congrats, but you're a double-sided dildo, and you fucked me on the back end. Heard. There it is. Feeding the cup of yep. losers. And on the back of it, I wrote Preakness, $145, $60. Heard. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever number it is now. I can't keep track of it. All right. So Pat's pulling his best gram and is now down $468. He cannot win at all. I love it. It's a joke pointed at you, and you're still laughing because you just like seeing Pat it's wallow. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. Uh, your boy easily hit with Spurs to win. And now go into the international break up $390, which is more than your 57, by the way, dick. So I just want to let you know, Graham, 50% of the time it works 100% of the time. So does mine. Yeah, but mine makes more money. Ha ha. All right. So now that's a damn fine segment, and we do it every week. But we strive to give you more. We give you Kitty the Chicken. So, Kitty has now lost three in a row and finds herself at 1-3. 
Now, I mentioned to Kitty that perhaps she should start betting with her head and not her heart. Oh, she picked Vardy last week. Yeah, a few too many times. So she quickly balked at me and shredded back into the coop. But I did notice she was missing all of her tail feathers. Really? So is this the molting? Or did the bookies give her a little reminder that she's in the hole and needs to do the right thing and take care of her responsibilities? Oh. Maybe that's why Copper's been running up to the coop lately. Maybe the bookies came and pulled all of her tail feathers out to be like, look, young lady, you owe us some money. You need to bet better. I haven't seen any Red Bull or vodka up there lately. Do you know why cocktails are a thing? Why are cocktails a thing? Uh, Back in England, when they started mixing liquor with other things to make drinks, Mm -hmm. um, they would often pull from the chickens outside the restaurant that they would slaughter and cook themselves. They would often pull their tail feathers out and put them in the drink to set them apart from the pub across the street, thus creating the cocktail. Aww, very good. There you go. That's a great reminder. You know what else is a good reminder? Gamble responsibly. And And legally. legally. Did we have a fantastic fantasy weekend or not? Oh, it was pretty great. I mean, well, everybody well, scored some points. Every it was everyone you know, was on the edge of the sea. You know who didn't score any points? Me and my Fortnite first round pick who decided to do fuck all. <laughs> right. Uh, so you say got an assist, I believe. Uh, uh, no, he, he did not. He had. Oh, you're two right. Bellerin had both assists. Two, two had both points. Assists. Uh, my goalie shipped four, yet still managed to have a zero because uh, Bellerin's in both because he made a ton teams. of saves. And uh, Mina scored a header, but then Maguire gave up six, so he had a negative one. And then when your strikers are Colin Wilson and uh, Andy Carroll, uh, you might be in trouble. So <laughs> I'm going to run through them real quick. Uh, Elliot over Keith, 52-35. Allen narrowly edging out Ray, 24-23. Kenny dominating Russ, 50-21. to Taylor slash Kitty slash Mel. Uh, with the wonderful name of Cock in a Box. <laughs> uh, winning. Is he changing it every week? Yes. <laughs> it's fantastic. Just, a, just about, yeah. Maybe every two weeks. Uh, winning Cock 31-24 over uh, JB. Oh, wait. So what you're saying is I drafted a better team than, than JB. JB? Yes, you did. Okay, cool. 100%. Uh, James, <laughs> uh, Smokey, 40-27 to 27 over Chris, uh, Firecock. Uh, and then... Lindsay with the dominating performance of the weekend, <laughs> 73 points to 32 points over Alberto. I believe uh, she had uh, Ollie Watkins and Jack Grealish on oh, her side. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Rob, uh, Rob and Dave, uh, David, uh, our leads, a resident leads uh, bloke. Uh, Rob won 61 to 54 in the overall biggest match of the weekend. Wow. Yeah. That was a lot of points in that game. And then, the meat and fucking potatoes, the one you've all been waiting for, the DU Darby. Uh-huh. Sam versus Sam. Who do you think came through? Oh, you did, because oh, I, I told you through. I didn't score any points. Motherfucking big time. 44 to 21. I gave you the old double up, mate. Yeah, I told you. I didn't score any points. It doesn't help when my number one draft pick got that Fortnite money and don't fucking care no more. I gave you the old double up. Hey, Graham. Yes. I haven't seen a bigger spanking like that. Since Villa beat uh, Liverpool seven to two. <laughs> Twenty-four hours ago. <laughs> Perfect. That puts Smokey in first place on twelve points, tied with Allen, but Smokey has more points overall, uh, in terms of point differential. Elliot in third, 
at 3-0-1. Me in fourth at 3-0-1. He has 50 more points than I do, essentially. Lindsey up to fifth. Big Sam in sixth. Alberto in seventh. Taylor in eighth. Mel, 2-0-2. Look at you. Uh, I mean him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rob in ninth at 2-0-2. Ray at, at uh, 2-0-2. Kenny at 2-0-2. Jeez. Dave, despite good effort, 1-0-3. JB, 1-0-3. Uh, Keith 1013, Chris 1013, and then rounding out the caboose, old Russ at 004. Ouch. Now, that being said, I did have one thing I needed to bring up fantasy wise, mm-hmm. and that is the jackass. Uh, and I am going to call him a jackass despite what he did, uh, because none of us had the foresight to put in. Now, this was in the regular transfer budget fantasy. Right, right. Guys scored 160 points, more than anyone else on the planet uh, for this game week, and he did it by captaining Jack Grealish against Liverpool and playing his triple captain button. Jack Grealish got him 72 points. (laughs) I do want to note that is less than half of his total point haul of 160 because the rest of his team was still fucking solid. And that team was Emmy Martinez, uh, Saiz from Wolves, Gabriel, Connor Cody from Wolves, Emery Consa, uh, James, Jorginho, Jack Grealish, Mohamed Salah, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Harry fucking Kane. Oh, my God. Jesus. And somehow this twat pulled out 160 points in one it's game. four week. guys who scored braces in that. We had a 12% chance of winning that game. What made him put Jack in for... Drunk. <laughs> he had to be drunk. He had some inside uh, info uh, there. Maybe. I don't know. That being said, um, like I said, his whole, his whole team was good, right? Jack Grealish. He also made three transfers, which are only allowed X number of free, right? And it looked like he only had one free transfer in the bank. He spent eight points on three transfers and still scored 160. Wow. Mm. Absolutely insane. That would be the fantasy well, well hall of fame. Well done to him. Yeah, don't want to talk to uh, about him anymore because he's a, he's a drunk idiot. He got lucky. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is you're hammered and you put $100 on five on the roulette table and the shit happens to come up. <laughs> you're like, what? Hey, I just won $14,000. <laughs> that's what he did, essentially. All right, so uh, that's about going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Sammy, any parting words? I do. I just wanted to very quickly uh, let you all know, once again, because it was such fun this weekend, I love that it came alive uh, and it needs to, to continue to be alive because this weekend was fantastic for the DUFC uh, closed group. So make sure you like us on Facebook at DU Football Show. Get involved, and you'll come up with posts like this from Taylor. Seems like a game as historic as yesterday's deserves a name. Maybe we should go with the Thriller at the Villa. <laughs> uh, and so we went through a bunch of us chipping in with movie titles uh, as opposed to just nicknames that reflect what happened, mm-hmm. uh, per se. He came up with, again, after we decided we were doing that, Veneer Misses. <laughs> um the clop has fallen uh, from Chaz. Uh, goal spotting from Taylor. <laughs> Seventh uh, flew through the cuckoo's nest from me. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. I just also went with Gone Girl because of Allison's absence <laughs> having affected it. it so much. Uh, seven. You remember the movie with Morgan Freeman and yep. Brad Pitt? But it was Allison's hands in the box as opposed to some random person's head. What's in the box? And, <laughs> yeah. 
Taylor chipped in with the curious case of Jurgen's butt whipping. <laughs> I said the Virgil, uh, Virgil Van Dyke shit show. <laughs> um, where in the world is Trent Alexander Arnold? Because <laughs> he was out of position frequently uh, during that game. Offside trap, a handmaid's tale. Uh, Alan Brody came in with uh, Sado, it isn't so, <laughs> which is fantastic. Lindsay had a really good one, and I can't fucking find it. God damn it. Hers was brilliant. Uh, oh, clop down, like White House down. down. Yeah, clop down, uh, which is pretty good. So that's the type of shit you, you could find. Um, just us getting involved with one another, piling in on some of our friends whenever they have a shit weekend, because that's what friends are for. So make sure you check us out at DU Football Show and DU Football Show at gmail.com. I'm not going to talk again for right. once. Okay. Really? Because I need to save my voice for the paid show, which you can find at www.patreon.com backslash DU Football Show, where you find all the extra content for various tiers of money that you can donate to our lovely, lovely show. Thank you very much. You all have a wonderful evening. Sam, would you kindly take us out, my friend? All right. That seems odd. Uh, anywho, um, we're top of the fucking league. They're both looking at me weird, so they obviously have something planned to fuck with me. Uh, Everton's top of the league. I can't fucking believe it. Next up is injury time, where we're not going to preview the uh, next week's action because there isn't, but we are going to go ahead and... Uh, talk a little bit about the Tottenham documentary on Amazon Prime. We're also going to talk a little bit about Timmy Howard now being on the desk at uh, NBC Sports. So until next week, everybody. I said I wasn't going to talk again. Didn't know we were doing this, and I didn't fucking watch it. That's what you're paying for, folks. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Stuff of a lord. Looks great in shorts. Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Come to your